Welcome to the Edinburgh Fringe. A question. What if you could bring back your friends? Patrick Susmilf is trying to do just that. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, welcome. I'm in Edinburgh, you could be anywhere in the world, but between us, let's share part of this year's Edinburgh Festival Fringe. (music) 3,500 shows, and no, I'm not going to get through all of them. It's just a sampler of the Fringe here, an idea of just some of the excitement that's coming to the capital city here. But of course, The Fringe is about much more than what you find in the official programme. You have shows that simply aren't there. They might be showing up in the free fringe. They might be just put in the corner of a pub. You don't have to be in the official programme to be part of The Fringe, although generally that's the accepted way of doing things. But hey, it's The Fringe. Just because that's the accepted way of doing something doesn't mean that's the way. You have those shows that show up in the free fringe. You have Edinburgh itself and the entertainment in the city, the military tattoo, all the little museums and closes and everything that you can explore and you know you have the business of the arts going on at the fringe as well all finding little corners to talk shop meet new people and just reinforce those relationships and of course you do have those companies who work year-round to make sure that their bars are in the best open air space possible and have at least one theater space close by other fringe mainstays are the street performers the last few years have seen this become less organised by the performers themselves and a bit more official with a hand on the tiller from the fringe office. They run draws to allocate stages and times every morning now throughout the fringe at 10am and shortly after that the shows are listed where and when on the official website. So if you're looking for you know some different type of show you can just have a look at what's happening on the streets of Edinburgh on the official website it's a bit awkward to find um it has to be said you have to go to like edfringe slash experience slash how to plan slash street event slash daily schedule so we'll put a link back in our website uh, so you can just go straight into the street schedule edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com Okay, today's interview, who is in the guide? It's Patrick Sussmilch, and he spent time, especially over lockdown, but beforehand as well, looking back over all the messages, the memes, and the moments that have been shared by his friends on social media. Patrick, his friends, and all of us create so much content online that represents us, and most of the time it's it's locked away. Uh, and those friends of Patrick, many are still around, some have died, uh, and through these older messages, he feels connected to those who have passed on. Through the medium of PowerPoint presentations, Sashmold introduces us to his dead friends, their impact on his life, the bursts of joy and laughter, as well as the darker moments. It's a show where you can sort of like think Twilight Zone and Black Mirror mixed with Whose Line Is It Anyway and those genealogy programmes that have a look into your past. Who do you think you are? Well, we know who it is. It's Patrick Sussmilch. We know the show. Tickets from My Dead Friends. He's playing it just the tonic right through until the 27th at 3.45 every afternoon. 
Join me now on the Edinburgh Fringe podcast all the way from Los Angeles and discovering for the first time in their life what rain, real rain, what Scottish rain is actually like. Patrick Sesmos joins me now. Hello, Patrick. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to see rain for the first time in my life. Not just any rain, Scottish rain at the Fringe. Is it bad? It's, is this something I should be worried about? <laughs> you, you know you know that big dam, the Hoover Dam, that you've got quite close to where you live in America? Yes. Uh, and you imagine if that broke down and everything sort of just flooded through all the storm drains and everything. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like that. Oh, terrific. Yeah, yeah. And, and that would be the first minute. Then the second minute, you get it all over again. So uh, now I've got you all completely worried about the Edinburgh climate. <laughs> Yep. You st- you're here, you're doing a show, you're here for it's not that bad. We, we we sell waterproofs, it's okay. Tell us about your show, Patrick. My show, well, it's called Patrick Sussmelch Texts from My Dead Friends, and it's, believe it or not, a comedy, but it's a comedic solo show. Um, in a period of 10 years of my life, I had about seven friends uh, die, and before I got to the show idea, like I would just sometimes like go and look through old texts or old Facebook messages because, you know, we live in a tech state nightmare where anything that you ever do on the Internet exists forever. Um, and I would take little screenshots, send them to my other friends. And they'd be like, this is really funny. And I don't know how at some point I was like, I'm going to accumulate these texts into a PowerPoint presentation and show it to people. And I did that. And then people really, people really loved it. And they're like, you should bring this to Fringe. And I said, sure. Not fully realizing how much work that is. So when they said Fringe, did they specifically mean the Edinburgh Fringe or just Fringe Theatre in general? Because that's quite a vibrant community in LA. It's a vibrant community. They, they meant Edinburgh. They're like, take this, take this to the top, baby. You're going, you're becoming a star. I love the fact that they've given you, it's just like, you know, maybe, you you know, just go climb Everest. So don't, don't bother trying any of yeah. the other smaller mountains or hills in the way. No, just, just go straight up there. <laughs> no, you got this. You don't need that other stuff. You've, if you walk to the grocery store, you can do Everest. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of built around this PowerPoint as the physicality, but it does sound quite a metaphysical idea. Because, like, it's like everything we do, like, so much of our communication is email or, or texts or, or whatever. And it's all it's all archived and, for us, saved on, like, a server farm in the middle of the desert. Um, and it's interesting that you can just go back and look at it. And if you didn't know better, you'd be like, yeah, everyone's still alive. And I think, I mean, I think what's interesting is that you are now seeing like this dystopian kind of level where there are now companies that are saying, Hey, we'll scrub those and make, and make an AI humunculus that you can talk to. (laughs) Which I think is funny because that was like literally a black mirror episode. And then a tech guy was like, but what if we did that? Yeah. It's just like, it's not, it's not a guidebook to do that. I mean, one of the things I think about uh, a lot is, you know, I have years and years of podcasting. It's just like, they have so many different versions of my voice. I don't need to be doing this anymore. I can do this with the keyboard. <laughs> it just kind of puts me out of a job. The good news is, as you can see me, and we're not doing it through a keyboard. But do you? it's quite a personal thing because you're taking personal messages and putting them out in public. 
Now, mm-hmm. traditionally, you could always ask your, your friends permission if you were doing it while they were still alive. So yeah. was there any thought about that angle that you can't really ask for permission to do this? Yeah. So um, the majority of the friends were also entertainers. So there's kind of a kind of a tacit belief that like, yeah, go nuts out there. And there are a few friends that weren't. And for that, I, I reached out to um, like friends of the deceased, be like, do you think this would be bad? And ev- everyone was comfortable with it. I mean, I think they trust me as a person that I wouldn't go <laughs> crazy with it. Um, and then I do also involve um, conversations that I had with my still living friends and them, I, of course, asked. Um, <laughs> yeah, now I'm, now I'm having an existential crisis. Like, is this bad? Should I be doing this? I just, I just, after the podcast, I just pull out a fringe, live in the woods. Did it bring up any, repressed is the wrong word, did, did, it, did it bring up any new memories of your friends? You know, you're, you're going back in, in time with a different viewpoint. Yeah, it, um, I think, you know, there's the, the funny aspect, like I, I had friends that I would go back and read, like our earliest messages like i had one friend we went and saw uh, a movie it was actually um the mad max fury road we went and saw that and then just like hung around at a mall and i completely forgot about this dumb bit that we had but in this mall there's like a little train that was big enough for children to ride around and we thought it was cool and it was called the ladybug express and we were just joking around because like that implies there's a ladybug local stops only. And we were doing act outs of like these like children in business suits being like, oh, no, I got on the wrong train. I'm going to be late for my tantrum. Like just like the kind of just the dumb everyday bits you do with your friends that are just like ephemeral. But they're just in stone now on, on the Internet. How did that make you feel finding that ephemeral again? Um, it's a very complicated emotion that I'm sure exists in German or something, but it was, I mean, bittersweet sounds a little hack, but it is kind of like, it was like nice. Cause it's like, I'm kind of reliving these memories that I completely forgot about. But then it's also like, oh, but also you are dead. Uh, and like, I like, there's kind of a, a want to like, be like, oh, I wish I could tell them about this. Um, I think, I mean, in a, in a lot of ways, this show was um, was difficult to put together. I've actually, I started putting it together in 2019, um, and I was going to do it uh, in 2020, but um, I don't know if you heard there was a pandemic, um, but it was, it was really, it was kind of intense, but in hard to explain, like, like a, like a healing way kind of like maybe getting like a really aggressive chiropractic treatment or um putting like a like rubbing alcohol on a wound it's like it hurts but it was like really um helping and you're doing this during the pandemic during a period where you know not a lot of mingling is happening everybody's sort of on their own Mm -hmm. and i just find it so interesting that you're going back into your past and you're finding new connections in a time when they were really hard to find in the world. Yeah. I mean, uh, the pandemic and the lockdown, if you're a person that, uh, 
you know, did the lockdown. I know some people didn't. I did. I have I have asthma and chronic fatigue syndrome. And I was like, I can't get sick. But yeah, at a certain point, you kind of start burrowing inward. And I was yeah looking through these old texts. Um, I think an interesting thing was um, looking through uh, texts with some people who are still alive, like specifically um, my my father i was kind of reading through those and i was like oh my dad kind of sucks <laughs> he's been very he's been very not supportive over the years um huh just kind of things you didn't really think about like i had one um and this might be too much but i had one i had one friend um like rogoff died and like i told um I told my dad via text, like, oh, he's like my best friend and he died. And my dad was just like, oh, yeah, I read about him in the paper. I think he was 31. And that was it. No, like, I'm sorry or anything like that. Just like, here's some information I read uh, online because he was kind of a popular comedian in New York. Um, and I was like, hmm. I think I think the I think a dad is supposed to say more than that. Tell me about Ragoff, though. Ragoff? Uh, Ragoff Mehta, um, he's a friend I met in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, uh, we met doing comedy. Um, I actually kind of, this is the crazy thing, I met him at a memorial show for another friend who had passed. Um, and we both kind of had a maybe like rough upbringing. Uh, we didn't really talk to our family that much. Um we just kind of bonded over that. Um, it's so, it's interesting when people are like, tell me about your friend. It's like, it's just someone that you can just like tell anything to and you know they won't judge you. Like something like that. Like you could, well, I couldn't tell him that I killed someone. I think he'd be like, I'm sorry, I have to tell the cops. But, um, <laughs> you know, if he's like, oh, I said something weird or, or I made a mistake. And he'd just be like, no, yeah, that happens. And we would just just text constantly, just dumb stuff. Like he would, I, I remember I was um, recording. Um, I don't know if you have last comic standing in the UK because no one remembers it here in the US, but it's like a, it's like a art contest, televised art contest on NBC. Like you tell jokes. Uh, and I was just like, so anxious and nervous backstage and i was messaging him about it and i was like man everything is terrible and his response was not the lego movie because that had just come out and i was like i i haven't seen the lego movie and he's like you got to do it it's the best thing you can do for your country <laughs> like just like just and it like made me feel better just knowing like having that like intimate knowledge of like knowing when to like genuinely be sincere and be like here's Here's something stupid about the Lego movie. And um, I did end up seeing the movie. And I think it was more important for my life than Last Comic Standing. It really meant a lot more. Um, Is Rykov in the show? He, yes, he's in, he's in the show. He'd um, passed away in 2019. Um, he, was, he was a comedian who moved to New York City and was starting to like really 
gained some heat. Uh, there was a Vulture article about him. Um, he had changed his Twitter handle to ACLU official, which ACLU is the American Civil Liberties Union. Like they usually just, um, you know, they help lit- litigate for civil rights. And he changed his name to ACLU official and just started like arguing with strangers on Twitter. And they thought he was actually the ACLU. And they were like, what, why is, what are you doing? Like just, he did that a lot, actually. <laughs> and it was super funny. Do you think he would have enjoyed the show? You know, that's interesting. Never thought about it. But yes, I think I think he would enjoy it. It's hard to say why, because we had so many like dumb, dark jokes together. Um, I remember one of the first things he sent me was a Wikipedia article for this uh, newscaster named Christine Chubbuck. And he just sent it to me and said, some light reading, bro. And you look on it and it's a Wikipedia article for this woman who was the first person to kill themselves on live television. And I was just like, first? What? (laughs) What is this? What? So I think with that sense of humor in mind, yes, I think you would have loved it. It never gets that dark. I'm a little bit more tender handed in this show. Um, But. I think he would like it. If for no other reason, there was a time he was telling me about his uh, theme park and roller coaster tycoon, and I show people it. And I think he would really appreciate showing off his roller coaster tycoon park. I, I'm conscious that this interview is, is, is almost like a yin and a yang because there's your very personal connections to your friends and your family and your relatives that you've explored for this. But at the same time, it's 55 minutes at one of the biggest comedy festivals on the planet with strangers coming at the audience and you've got eight slides a minute to show them. Yeah, I would say not every slide is a screenshot. Like there's there's memes, baby. There's memes in there. There's other visual gags. Um I actually just did the show. Uh, we, I have a we have a group that we're all doing it. Uh, we just did it over each other in Zoom, and and my friends had some good notes about the beginning of the show, and I was like, oh, I got to rewrite this, and I have a month. Let's go, because um, it's a lot of it's a lot of strangers, and some some of the jokes. I was like, oh, people in the UK wouldn't necessarily uh, get this, or so I need to explain some things because it's kind of a across the whole country and like i mean even here i don't know what most of the states are there's too many 50 that's too many states we gotta we gotta consolidate them 10 tops um so i think i need to like be more cognizant of like no this is where this part is taking place this is where this part is taking place or even just like like i didn't learn until recently that um uh do you guys have did you guys have nerf guns the like foam dart guns okay yeah i wasn't because some people i would ask because i also have like a uk contingent that were like please tell us if this makes sense and they're like i don't know what you're talking about it's like oh yeah i guess i guess in the uk you don't just give guns to children and say have fun um nope we've 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 managed to not adopt that tradition shall we say i i i wish i mean i don't go to europe a lot. My mom is from Warsaw, Poland, so we would like go to Eastern Europe, and it's like, yeah, you don't see violence. There's just like breasts on TV, and I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, if I had to choose between 
seeing violence and just like, oh, here's some boobs. I'd be like, give me the boobs every time. So you have the, I mean, the great thing about the fringe is you can change the show every single night. So you, you will find that rhythm. You will find that spot as as you go through. But it's also such a unique sounding show that, you know, goes back, that looks forward, does everything in the same breath. Um, and of course does it as a PowerPoint. Um, but also gives you that, lovely bit of storyline on stage that I think Edinburgh Fringe is really well known for. Getting mm -hmm. out of those five yeah. minute spots and turning on to tell a massively engaging story. Um, and the one thing we haven't said, which I, I guess we should, because it's kind of the point that you hear, is where can people <laughs> come and listen to this story? Oh, well, it'll be August 3rd through the 27th at Just the Tonic at the Mash House, the cask room at 3.45 p.m. And I am doing a show every day except August 14th. I have one day off. I'll be honest, I'm a little nervous about it. That's a lot of shows. I don't, I mean, I'm really curious because there's so much cool stuff that I look at in Edinburgh, uh, all the old buildings and castles, which I'm, excited about like in the united states like the oldest building is like 200 years old and it's like oh yeah here it's like you know this was this was built before like jesus or something like oh okay uh our oldest building is a mcdonald's i guess um i'm excited for that there's also apparently the largest indoor rock climbing gym in europe right outside of edinburgh and i'm very excited about that it's an afternoon show well, you'll, you'll have plenty of time to explore. Um, people looking to sort of schedule everything through. It's always good to have those shows coming in just to get in, have a little bit between uh, lunch and dinner before going out. As always, we will have details back on the podcast website, edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com, which will link straight in to the ticket office. And Patrick will also have links out to you on the internet, where it's the best place for people to find you online. At this point, it's Instagram. Uh, which is at the underscore Patrick underscore Sussmelch. Uh, <laughs> I used to do Twitter, but as you can understand, Twitter feels like a real sinking ship. And I was like, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, we'll have a link um, back to that uh, on our website as well. So we can find out Patrick. It has been it's been a really interesting chat with you. And it's went to a place where I, well, I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting that 15 minutes ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> what were you expecting? I, I have no idea, but going back and talking about everything we've talked about and the memories and different viewpoints through time as opposed to in space, it's like art. You can look you can look at things from different angles and learn different things. And I just that's that's fascinating to me. I'm that's great to hear because I've been working on this for so long that it's you know when you say a word over and over and it means nothing? That At some point, I'm looking at these slides and I'm like, does this mean anything to anyone? So it's very good to hear that. Thank you so much. There we are. The Ember French Podcast, bringing you an existential crisis whenever you pop on as a guest. <laughs> Patrick, once more, thanks very much. Thank you. Patrick Sussmills there with his show, Text from My Dead 
friends. Playing through to the 27th, but as always, uh, does have the lie day on the 14th to check. And yes, Patrick is taking that day off. So it is, check your listings for details, but pretty much through to the end of the fringe at 3.45, just the Tonics Mash House. Links into the ticket office back at our website as well, to Patrick's website as well, and fringe.thepodcastcorner.com. As always, you can leave reviews of this podcast and feel like an actual Fringe reviewer and give us that star rating one through five in your favourite podcast app. Um, you'll probably score us a five and write a view that reads like a four um, or the other way around. Just, yeah. Look, here's what you need. What I would love you to do. Like, like, love, share, subscribe. Da, 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 da. That's it. That's what everybody uh, on the internet does. Just amplify the signal of the show and uh, we'll get more people listening. Hopefully you'll come back tomorrow. I'll certainly be behind this microphone at Edinburgh, at the Fringe, bringing you a flavour of the largest arts festival in the world. I'm Ewan Spence. Ta-ra for now. You've been listening to the Edinburgh Fringe Show, hosted by Ewan Spence. Produced by The Podcast Corner. Listen to more from The Fringe at edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. Listener.